This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your home for news and culture in Chicago and beyond. And let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar? Beyond in the second. Fouls it right side, and that ball is caught for round number two. Okay, you're probably thinking that sounds like any baseball game, but it's actually from game six of the 2021 World Series. And as podcast host Meredith Shiner points out, every player in that clip is Jewish. The franchise is a podcast from Tablet Magazine about the relationship between contemporary American Jewish culture and sports. Meredith, first, just tell us where the idea for this series came from. I think that the connection between Jews and sports is really long held. And there are so many Jewish sports fans. There are so many people who work particularly in sports journalism, uh, people in front offices, Jewish athletes. And it's so embedded in our culture that there was just this idea, I think, particularly from Tablet, that we should do something on Jews and sports. And so when they were looking for a host and they came to me, I think the show ultimately shaped the way that it was or was shaped Um, how it turned out because of my unique sort of journey in journalism. Mm -hmm. So as we were just talking about before we went live on air, I lived in Washington. I covered Congress and national politics for almost a decade. And one of the things that I think sports can do generally, not just for the story of Jewish Americans, but for all of us, is to really serve as a cultural lens for us to explore big questions and topics. Uh, Today's episode that just dropped is on identity and justice. Uh, But other topics Uh, relate to family tradition. And when you look at sports and at American religious culture, a lot of times we think about rituals and traditions, Mm -hmm. things that we pass down and inherit from our relatives and give to our kids. And so that area of conversation and storytelling and reporting was really rich to me. And I wanted to be able to tell that story. Yeah, that's a great place to do it. You start with Sandy Koufax, who, for those of us who don't know, who is he? So he is one of the best pitchers to ever live. Uh, And the thing about him is not only is he a Hall of Famer, not only is he a baseball player who has one of two statues right now at Dodger Stadium. It's Sandy Koufax and it's Jackie Robinson, who, as your listeners probably know, broke the color line in Major League Baseball. So is that why Sandy's the starting point for you? Yeah. So he is this icon, but also 1965 is such a powerful year in American history. Right. You're in the middle of the civil rights movement. You know, I was watching Raphael Warnock's acceptance speech or victory speech yesterday, Mm -hmm. and he talks about Cheney and Schwerner and Goodman, who were three Americans who were murdered by the Ku Klux Klan in the South and the connection between Jews and the civil rights movement. And so when we're thinking about when American identities were forged, 1965 is a really critical time. So Sandy Koufax is this amazing athlete who that year decides not to play in game one of the World Series because it falls on Yom Kippur. And for American Jews, 
he puts his Judaism first in a way that's on the world stage and makes us visible, I think, to other Americans in this really prominent way. And so even though there were really famous Jewish athletes before Sandy Koufax, I talk about Hank Greenberg in the show, who also sat on Yom Kippur, he's such an important starting point because he's this baseline. And even though he's still living and his baseball skill is really what brought him to prominence. Yeah. He's also part of like the foundational documents for yeah. American Jews. You said in the first episode something, uh, you said somewhere along the line, Sandy became an avatar for Jewish Americans. Yes. Like when you grow up and you're Jewish and I was growing up in 1990s Chicago, right? Like your parents would say to you, well, you can't do anything on Yom Kippur because if the greatest pitcher who ever lived didn't pitch a World Series on Yom Kippur, you can't go to the movies with your friends. You can sit it out, too. Yeah. So fast forward almost 60 years from your first episode. It's 2022. And and, uh, your latest episode is about the search for the second Sandy. Let's listen. Sure. A Jewish athlete who is the perfect blend of explicit and representative politics, while also being one of the greatest to ever play their respective sport, feels like a tall order. But here's a provocative question. What if we just spent the past 20 years of our lives with the second Sandy and were too blind to it because of the same off-field injustices that athlete has committed to fighting against? So who are we talking about here? Who is your second Sandy? Okay, so we're talking about Sue Bird, uh, who's one of the greatest basketball players, I think, to ever play the game. She just retired uh, this year and... She had a 20-year career in professional basketball. And there are a few reasons why I wanted to position her as the second Sandy and why I call it a provocative statement. The first is that I remember, you know, being in middle school when she was playing for UConn. And her presence in basketball at the time, for me, was transformative because there was this belief that for women's basketball to succeed, women had to be sexy or made up or wear short shorts. Mm-hmm. There's an entire documentary in 30 for 30 on yes. the 1996 Olympic team, and they they sort of mine all of these topics. And she was cool because she just was who she was at the time. And when you look at the course of her two-decade career, not only does she have all of these accolades, she won titles, every award that exists in basketball— But she's really emerged as an outspoken activist on a lot of issues that I personally care about that reflect my own view of what justice is. I mentioned watching the Warnock victory speech last night. And if you remember 2020, for me, in a very complicated and challenging election year, the the images that I remember are of WNBA players wearing black T-shirts that said vote Warnock. Uh, And it's been universally reported that Sue Bird was one of the lead architects uh, of that movement. And the end result of that was that Kelly Loeffler not only lost her her Senate seat, she was the Republican senator at the time, she was the owner of the WNBA's Atlanta Dream, Mm -hmm. and players organized, and it forced her to sell the team. They ended up deciding to launch the first ever political campaign by a league. Raphael Warnock won, and it flipped the majority of the Senate. Like, think about the power of these women who over the generations have been undervalued by the system, by sports media, by the league itself. Yeah. These are people who are the best at what they do and who are unafraid to stand up for what they believe. So I, right. I want to get your take on this because we are seeing yeah. a very troubling wave of anti-Semitism in the U.S. Mm-hmm. right now. Right. And the sports world, we know it's not immune. Um, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving comes to mind 
after his anti-Jewish uh, statements or you know the sharing of mm-hmm. a film with uh, anti-Jewish statements. So why do you think it's important to confront the uncomfortable chapters in that history? Because a lot of your podcast celebrates Jewish representation in American sports. Yeah, but it's and it's also unafraid to tackle some of those challenging topics. I want to go back to your first question because I stumbled on it a little about like the idea behind the show. I think the thing that has surprised me the most, the thing that has made me put the most pressure on myself is that when we launched this series in October, I had no idea that the Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic comments or support of Alex Jones, that that would become such a pervasive narrative in sports. Uh, When we see what Kanye is saying, what the former president of the United States said, it's important. This to me, this show is really important because in a lot of ways, it uplifts the stories of Jewish love and Jewish families and the power of sports. And one of the through threads for the series is that sports can serve as this love language for ourselves um, and for, you know, our parents and our children. But it's also a way for us to become accessible and our culture to become accessible to others. And so if you don't love sports and you're not Jewish, you can still listen to this show and feel the very human themes about it of success, of failure, of love. Well, I want to squeeze in one more clip from your, your great show in the interest of time. In last week's episode, you talked with TV broadcaster Ernie Johnson Jr. And it was uh, about a message that he recorded for a sports themed bar mitzvah that you attended. This was back Mm -hmm. in the early two thousands. Yeah. It was for your classmate, Ben Kaplan. But as you say, the story doesn't end there. Here's a clip of what Ernie said. Anything I can ever do which accentuates the father-son relationship and shines a light on that, I will try to do. When you reached out to me and you're saying, hey, do I remember doing this bar mitzvah tape? And I said, hold it. Are you talking about Ben Kaplan? And I was, the whole thing just blew me away. So you you brought the Kaplans and Ernie back together for the podcast. Tell us briefly what happened and, and the role that the podcast played in that. So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and I tell the story of seeing this fake inside the NBA halftime show at this bar mitzvah. (laughs) And um, 20 years later, after this dad had made this video for this son that you mentioned, uh, the dad was going through cancer and his son wanted to send a message that was commensurate with the love that he had for his dad. And so he asked Ernie to record a video. And over the course of this dad's chemotherapy, he and Ernie ended up having this relationship Um, And the show, the episode um, was released on Wednesday Mm -hmm. and on Friday, the dad in the story died and they um, they listened to this episode before he did. And last night uh, I went to the memorial service at the same synagogue where that bar mitzvah was. And to me, this was not just an amazing gift that I, through a series of very fortunate and timely events, was able to give. But it's such an accessible and true and real story about why bar mitzvahs matter and why rituals matter and why the intersection with sports can end up being so, so powerful. And why this podcast is so darn great. Meredith Shiner is the host of the new podcast, The Franchise, Jews, Sports, and America. Episode 7 is out today. Meredith, thank you so much. Thank you, Sasha. This episode of Reset was produced by Sarah Stark, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. If you're a fan of Reset and haven't subscribed to our podcast, today is the day. We share great stories like this every day of the week that you can listen to anytime you like. So hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating when you do. All right, that's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.